Sci-Fi for Me Radio presents Timothy Harvey, Jason Hunt. This is H2O. Hi there. Welcome to H2O here on Sci-Fi for Me Radio. I am Timothy Harvey. And I'm Jason Hunt. Yes, you are. (laughs) And we, of course, are on our two-week, every two-week schedule. Uh, We're alternating recording time with uh, Salacious Crumbs, our Star Wars... Star Wars uh, video cast. Yes. And uh, this is making Jason's life a little easier. Little, a little a bit. A little bit. So, a um, little bit. Yeah. Well, we've, also, we've got a ton of podcasts, so we thought we'd, we'd give you guys a, uh, a little bit of a break from our, our faces made for radio. Well, there's a, a couple of other things, too, the uh, programming notes um, mm-hmm. for April and May. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and one of these I have not discussed with you yet. We're oh, okay, right new, Ooh, awesome. Yeah, Yay. so um, we are. You've been replaced. <laughs> <laughs> no, if anybody's going to be replaced, it's going to be me. Um, all right. So uh, those of you know, we've gone back to the the biweekly schedule, the every other week. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are a couple of things in play at this point, where in April we might go back to a weekly schedule. But I don't know for sure yet, just because of things what not have not been finalized, uh-huh, details right. and stuff. So, uh, so be looking for that. If if we do go back to weekly, we will let you know on Twitter and Facebook. Um, but otherwise, we're every other week now. Programming note number two: mm-hmm. May the sixth. Those yes. of you who are listening on a regular basis, mark your calendars. Uh, the last episode that we had, we talked about this. The lightsaber challenge is that evening. This is the attempt to set the world record for the biggest lightsaber battle in the world. Battle for KC. Battle for KC is the is the website, battleforkc.com. That is also free comic book day. Yes. And comic book shops all over the world are going to have things going on where you Go get free comics, maybe see some cosplayers, and in the case of one particular comic book shop, have some cake or, you know, food truck stuff. Or Did you whatever. bring enough cake for everyone? William usually manages to do it. He, he uh, yeah, he generally has a lot, a lot <laughs> of sheet cakes. Um, but yeah, there there are there are free comic book day events, uh, and now not every comic book shop participates, of right, course. Of course. Uh, but this is the fifteenth year. They started in two thousand two. Wow. Uh, Joe Field at Flying Colors Comics out in California started this thing, and and uh, so we are going to be covering it. We're going to make the attempt. to cover it live and basically what that's going to involve is you know as long as the technology cooperates with us you know uh, then we'll use uh, the power of google all hail google um i am happy to serve our new lords and masters (laughs) hail hydra um basically to have people at the various comic book shops checking in with his lid and so what's going on mm-hmm, at their right. shop and whatever. So this is a call out. This is a recruiting call. I'm just going to open it up. Come, I'm join us. Don't be afraid. If you are planning to go to a comic book shop on free comic book day, and if you have technology that will cooperate with you, you think, 
And if you are so inclined, now certainly this is not any kind of a you have to do this because you listen to this show type of thing, <laughs> although... Come, join us. Don't be afraid. We are looking for volunteers to help us cover this. Mm-hmm. And so basically what we'll do is wherever you are, where you're, you know, Texas, Pennsylvania, London, wherever, throughout the day... We're going to have people check in through Google Hangouts. So, you you know, there's an app you can put on your phone or you can get on your laptop or what, you know, wherever you've got signal. If you're at a comic book shop and you want to check in with us and say, hey, here's what's going on at my comic book shop, bada, 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 bada. Then we're going to open it up and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> now, I've got some invitations out for some people to join us. I think Carlos Pedraza at Axa Monitor. Oh, cool. Might be might be joining us. We've sent an invitation to Bat Dad to see if he'll check see, in. That would be cool, especially considering the the, the tie in with because I don't, like I said we've said Battle for KC is also that day, and right. of course for if you did, haven't heard the previous podcast, it it actually serves a purpose aside from being a really cool thing to create a Guinness World Record. Um, it actually uh, is there to benefit the cystic fibrosis uh, research over at Children's Mercy Hospital. Yes. Uh, here in Kansas City. And we're very excited about that. And it's actually really cool to be part of something that is, is that valuable to families and ch- children. So getting choked up there already. Well, and, and the other thing, I mean, Children's Mercy gets uh, a lot of different things going to benefit them throughout the year. This is the this is one, uh, and I think, I think they were saying this is the first one that's specific to the right. cystic fibrosis research. Right. And it turns out theirs. that surprisingly there isn't. A lot of money that comes into that. There's no specific funding for, for you know. There's all these different things that go on to generate money for research, and cystic fibrosis seems to be surprisingly underfunded in this regard. So right. we're excited about the possibility of having you know some real benefit come out of this. I did send an email to Tom, mm-hmm. and he says, "Oh, I haven't heard of this." Right. And so I told him about it. Uh, I told him, you know, it'd be great if you were out it there. Would be fantastic. So I uh, we'll see if he we'll see if he manages to to make it out or not. It would be fun to see him. Uh, and of course, the youngling mm-hmm. is all excited. Oh, gee, I swing around a lightsaber. I have a funny feeling that all of us at some point will be <laughs> having a lightsaber. Well, because uh, he was asking, so I I told him since it, you know, he's got his his best friend. I said, well, why don't you you and you two come out and be our production assistants. You can help us with all the setup and everything. And he says, "Well, do I get to do I get to do it? Am I part? Of, can I be part of the the lights? Everything?" I was like, "You pay your ten bucks, yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know, you got to make it because we can't do it. We can't just jump in there. No, 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 no. Yeah, that would kind of defeat the purpose of the charity fundraising. Right, right. So, uh, so yeah, that's that's going on. But yeah, so those those two programming notes, maybe weekly in April. And if you want to help us cover Free Comic Book Day from your local comic shop through Google. We'll be happy to let you come play. Yeah. Because <laughs> we're going to have a lot to do that day. Now, see, um, FCC doesn't regulate us. <laughs> but uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and throw it out there now. Uh, PG or better, folks. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So that well, and it, it turns out it's also Texas Frightmare Weekend in Dallas. Oh, okay. So I mean, there's a ton of stuff that's going on all the time. Have you seen? Have you been looking at our, at our Google Calendar lately? All our events no, and stuff. No, we're averaging fifteen to twenty events every week in the weather forecast. Yikes! So that's and that's just the ones that we know about. Right. We are currently sitting at eight hundred and seventy. 
events on our list. And, and considering there are only 365 days in a year, yeah, most no of which kidding. are not weekend. I know. And and it's just it's just crazy because they're all over the world. And, of course, you know, every now and again, one crops up and like, wait, why isn't this one on our list? Wait, hold it. Why isn't it on our calendar? <laughs> so we're we're in the process of updating the calendar and making sure that that's, you know, current. Uh, uh, speaking but, of world things. Yes, um, world things. Uh, Worldcon next year in Finland. Yes. Well, it's this year. Well, this year. That's right. This is true. It just feels like it feels so far away because I don't get to go. <laughs> uh, but a film I produced is apparently going to go. Oh. Earn for Calvin, the film that uh, I was the producer for, for the Independent Filmmakers Coalition in, in Kansas City. It's a working classroom program uh, I developed with the board. And apparently, uh, I just got, a, neat, I got a, a message from Patrick Ray, uh, who's a friend of ours and a friend of mine, yeah. who's the director. Um, Very and, prolific horror producer yes, here in town. Yes, and he sent me a message going, saying he thinks it's going to be screening there. Cool. I was like, oh, great. Maybe you get an invite <laughs> to show up as the producer. Yeah. I'll fly you out there and uh-huh, sure. do a panel. For a short film. <laughs> Why not? Maybe there's a maybe there's a short film makers panel. Maybe there is. I suspect, however, they'd much rather have Patrick. You both go. <laughs> well, and, and, then, Pat, and then I'll pack goes, you in the bag and, there, and all yeah, and all the yeah, recording the equipment. Trunk. That's in right. the steamer trunk. Right. I'll leave you an air hole. Um. <laughs> oh, that's funny. <laughs> So yeah, that's kind of cool. cool. I mean, yeah. it has it's on a done deal, but he said that it looks like it, it's probably going to happen. So that's cool. Yeah. Well, congratulations to Patrick. Yeah. And if if he does get to go, well, he needs to snap a lot. Oh yeah, of we're gonna basically we're gonna make deputize him, and he's gonna be the uh, yeah. uh, sci-fi for me, horror for me, uh, remote correspondent at Worldcon. That'll be fun. Yeah. Now I did send an email to uh, Yokohama, who is the organizer mm-hmm. for this year's Worldcon in Finland. And uh, he said he's going to put some feelers out to see if there's anybody there that we'd be willing to help us, you know, just call in and or do some do some reporting from Excellent. from the floor. So it would be nice to be able to do what we did last year every year, but you know, we're not there yet. No, no, and, and and it was very very cool to be able to do, and, and but it does especially with travel. We were lucky that it was here, yeah. so that we could basically have the home home field advantage, and basically, okay, we can go home and sleep in our own bed at night, and we yes. can you know our lug our if we got to run home and grab something, we could. Yeah. Uh, when you travel, certainly to any other city, let alone across the world, to to do live streaming an event, you run with what you got, and yeah. that that can be problematic. And of course, money is is an issue. And that brings us to <laughs> Patreon dot com slash Sci Fi for Me. That is where you can uh, lend your support if you are so inclined. Again, all of this stuff, this this all, and we've talked about this before. Everybody's a volunteer here. Mm-hmm. Everybody on staff, that's why the staff changes so much is because, you know, we have jobs and lives. And, well, the staff changes except for me. <laughs> <laughs> I've been around for a little while. You have. Yeah, have. You have. You started. How long have you been Oh, doing I don't stuff? even know. <laughs> 2000. Uh, well, I don't. Goodness. 12? Maybe, maybe, maybe. I'd have to go back and look. 2010, 2012, somewhere yeah, in there. But we just passed our eighth anniversary, by the way. No. Yeah. Yeah. Such as it was, no, or Thursday. <laughs> so yeah, so, but this will be this will be our ninth Planet Comic Con. Uh, it's our eighth anniversary. We just passed our eighth anniversary. Our ninth Planet Comic Con. Our third Kansas City Comic Con. I believe this, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. So we've got that. Our third Smallville Comic Con. Mm-hmm. 
So, yeah, we've been around for a little bit. Yeah, <clears throat> which is all right. I'm, I'm getting a little long in the tooth. <laughs> but, uh, but anyway, yeah, so we had, we've, we've got that. We've got some other plans in the works, some other discussions that we've had uh, with regard to our, our live TV offerings. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, you'll have to connect with us on, on, the, uh, on the social media stuffs to make sure that you're we're pretty much up everywhere to, there up to speed there so uh anyway so if you if you are wanting to be part of the 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 free comic book day thing you can send us an email uh, h2o at sci-fi for me.com or if you have topics you want us to talk about we are also going to do h2o hopefully maybe live from planet comic-con the last weekend of april so uh be listening for that as well that'll be Mm. <laughs> fun. <laughs> and it's always fun. And Zompocalypse Now right, yeah. is going to be out there. And uh, David Baker is going to moderate a comic book writer's panel for us. And we're in the process of trying to put together a makeup effects panel with the Kansas City Film Office. Right. So that'll be fun, too. So, okay. So all of the busy business. Busy yeah, so it's work. all the program notes and upcoming yeah. stuff and cool things. So. All the inside baseball stuff that you probably don't care about, but we have to... Stop talking. Talk about something else. (laughs) Yeah, talk about something else. We'll talk about Robert Rodriguez. Yeah. So we, a while back, we, of course, heard the news that Big Trouble in Little China was getting remade with The Rock as the lead. Jack Burton. Right. And... Although we did talk about the fact that Jack Burton is not the hero. That's right. Well, yeah, but Jack Burton thinks he is. He is convinced. (laughs) He is, in fact, the hero. Um, and, of course, what's interesting about that film is that in a time when you were not seeing uh, Asian or Asian-American casts having the leads in American films, it is a film where if it's, a, it's, a stealth, it's a stealth Asian-American fantasy movie. Mm-hmm. You know, Carpenter sat there and went, okay. We've got the guy who's really funny and thinks he's the hero, but he's not the hero. And it's a very, very well done film. Lots of fun. Uh, instant B-movie classic. Um, and there's a lot to be said for just having a good, fun movie. And the commentary track is oh God. hilarious. <laughs> every, every commentary track you can get with, with John Carpenter uh, and Kurt Russell do it even if you don't like the movie just watch the commentary because yeah, the commentary tracks have nothing to do with the so movie. so much fun they're sitting there having beers they're reminiscing telling each other stories it's great i remember uh, see there's there's one particular part i think about two-thirds of the way in uh where they start talking about their kids playing hockey mm-hmm. and mm. it goes on for probably a good five ten minutes they're talking about hockey <laughs> anything having to do with the movie i don't know what got them on it but they just they like kind of like what we do oh yeah you know you just, sure sure <laughs> the only the only uh commentary that i i've ever laughed harder at is the ones for the evil dead commentaries oh right evil dead 2 because you've got multiple commentary tracks and they basically talk trash on each other across the t- commentary track. <laughs> so on one track, um, you know, you've got someone saying, "Oh, he's just terrible to work with," and, and the other track is going, "They're going to tell you I'm terrible to work with," and you know, <laughs> v- hysterical stuff. But of course, you know that that group of people uh, clearly have a good time 
and try to kill each other on a regular basis. But sure. but they're lots and lots of fun. So if you are if you have not seen Big Trouble in Little China, and there's a certain percentage of the generations that have not. Okay, it's very much an '80s movie. Okay, it's that came out of that period where um, so many of these of these really dynamic changing in some cases you know earth shattering star wars right. uh, halloween on the horror side of things you know these things these things changed the movies this is it changed how we look how genre was impacting uh, audiences in in the wider the wider world you know some of this genre stuff was breaking out so i'm going to su- I'm going to suspect there's a certain chunk of the of the younger listeners and younger generation that may not have seen Big Trouble in Little China, in which case... Some of our own staff have not yeah, seen Big Trouble in Little China. But you need to, because it's really funny, it's very well made, it is delightfully silly, and genuinely uh, an example of how to have a good time making a film mm-hmm. that entertains an audience. Yeah. Um, that yeah, they're clearly having fun. Oh, God, yes. Not taking anything seriously. No. So it becomes this kind of instant classic. Especially with genre, a lot of genre fans, um, and the idea of a remake is to some people a little terrifying <laughs> because Hollywood's track record with remakes is spotty at best. So no, you're being generous. I, I know. Um, so it's a tough thing to to deal with. But at the same time, you get someone like Dwayne Johnson, mm-hmm. who clearly is in love with the material. So you're like, okay, well, you know. Well, and he's even said that, that they're not moving forward if the script isn't right. Right. And so that's somewhat reassuring. Yeah, and so and he's he's of the right age, too, mm-hmm. to look at this and go, no, no, I love this. And he's got that attitude yeah. that he could sell it. He yeah. could sell a Jack Burton. And somehow somehow, I'm, I'm less concerned when I hear that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Well, there's new news out that some years back, and it's been a few years, um, I think on two or three, maybe Something maybe not like quite that. that long, that there was talk of remaking Escape from New York. Which is another John Carpenter, yes. Kurt Russell collaboration. And not anywhere near the same tone of Big Trouble in Little China. <laughs> um, it, was, it was very much political commentary yeah. and science fiction and social commentary. And it's funny. There's a lot of humor in that movie. But at the same time, it's also fairly dark and fairly grim. And the idea of what, you know, the envisioned America in a really short period in the future, we can go into the amazing ability for people in dystopian futures to think the world's going to collapse that fast, or even a city's going to collapse that fast. But uh, still, it is kind of a, and again, it's another science fiction classic, of, especially of, of, of the 80s. Had a uh, not necessarily a successful sequel, an Escape from Escape L.A. From Unfortunately, that was in Carpenter's um, unfortunate period, where mm-hmm. Ghosts of Mars came out of as well, and and you know, there's a certain. It's tough. It's tough when you are so in the, the films of your, your your body of work is so entwined with specific decades and periods of change Mm -hmm. you look at say okay you know uh mel brooks mel brooks's films the best of them relied very much in commenting on the world where whenever they were set blazing saddles for example 
that film is all about racists are stupid. Let's laugh at them. Right. Bigotry is stupid. Point and stare and, and laugh. And it was it worked incredibly well. It's one of the funniest comedies ever made. You couldn't make it today. Well, you could, but it would be vastly different. There's, there's, so a, there's, it'd, be, there's it'd be there'd be a lot of anger driving it. I think, yeah. Well, and that's the problem is that is that when you look at something like Mel, like Blazing Saddles, or or the Carpenter films of the '80s, or a lot of things that came out of a very specific time period that were making commentary about, however they were, whatever they were laying on top of that commentary, whether it was comedy or drama or horror or science fiction, mm-hmm. it's about the you know, most science fiction really is about the world we live in right now. What? It's true. It's what? It's, it's shockingly it's true. And you can and you can make that argument all the way down to military science fiction, you know, or or, you know, spec, you know, uh, far future speculation or dystopian fiction or any of these different things. There's a thread of commentary that runs through we're talk, we're, they're talking the author is talking about now mm-hmm. and this Now, could you thing. make that observation about chips? I hate to say that oh. the Chips trailer, if I didn't, the thing about, the thing is, is that if it was, if the Chips TV series didn't exist, the Chips trailer looks like a delightfully silly movie. See, I don't think Dax Shepard is ve- is funny at all. However. I don't know what Kristen Bell sees in him. I, I don't know. <laughs> it looks like, I mean, it looks like a goofy summer comedy, and which, but the problem is, is like everything else with Hollywood doing a remake. Well, and that makes you a little worried. Get back. I'm going to drag yeah. myself back on track here. Um, it gets you a little worried when you hear, we're going to remake Escape from New York. And it's like, okay, well, wait a minute. Who's going to direct something like that? And, of course, Robert Rodriguez's name is getting and thrown around. And right. it's interesting. He was such a breakout star as a director mm-hmm. yeah. when he first came out. And, of course, you look at uh, um, El Mariachi. And you hear the story of making that movie. And it's for an independent filmmaker, it's like inspirational. It's like, I'm going to go. Have you read his book? Have oh, you yes. read Rebel, Rebel uh-huh. Without a Cost? Yeah, it's, it's a, you're sitting there going, yeah, I'm, I'm going to make that film. I am going to go do medical testing and have people. <laughs> do it. I actually made my movie right after reading that. I was like, all right, I don't have any excuses now. I right. just, just, just go do it. And so we did it. And, of course, I haven't done anything with it, but it's done. Well, and I think that, that you look at that inspirational kind of story of I'm going to make my film, I'm going to do whatever it takes, and then the explosion into Hollywood where, you know, he would get things, you know, he got a chance to basically remake it as Desperado yep. and um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, and then he did the Spy Kids movies. And Sin City, the first Sin City especially. And being able to stay in Austin to do it. Right. And he That's that's unusual, he but set up basically set up his own studio. <laughs> yeah. Troublemaker. And to to be able to operate in an independent way that a lot of filmmakers honestly can't. So that's fantastic when you can do it. But at the same time, he's also had one of those careers where people have a ten- tendency to dismiss um when you're when you're operating as that kind of independent, you run the risk of being dismissed by people who aren't necessarily because you're making the films you want to make, right? And they may not have wide commercial They're appeal. Not studio pictures, right. and that can get in the way. But still, at the same time, um, he does. You know, he's he's in a place that a lot of filmmakers really would love to be, and having that kind of control right. and that kind of freedom. So, the idea of him being the director. 
he's kind of got that attitude that Carpenter had in the in the 80s, that freedom that Carpenter had. They, Carpenter had all, I mean, for all the fact that they were studio films, mm-hmm. they were not staring. The, the studios weren't staring at things like Halloween or Big Trouble in Little China or, or Escape from New York the same way that they stare at films now. You know, right. The Well, they're not, back then they weren't looking at it as, well, this could start a franchise. What right. kind of franchise can we get out of it? What kind of merchandising can we get out of it? That's all George Lucas' mm-hmm. fault. Thank you. <laughs> Says the man with a lovely collection of merchandise <laughs> around us. Well, and it also gives me a chance to plug our new our new TV show, Star Wars Cribs. Hey, there you go. Which uh, second episode is dropping this weekend. Cool. Uh, Matt Hengis is going around visiting people who have vast collections of mm-hmm. Star Wars memorabilia. He's you know, it's got some interesting stuff. Oh, what bet? Um, this, this episode uh, coming up... Uh, is <clears throat> there's a theme room. Mm-hmm. It's not the room that you would expect. I'll, I'll leave it at that. You have to watch the show. But I'm uh, now kind of scared. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, but you'll have to watch the episode. Star, <laughs> Star Wars Cribs. It's alternating every other Sunday with Salacious Crumbs. So mm-hmm. one Sunday, Crumbs drops. The next Sunday, Cribs drops. Crumbs and Cribs, Crumbs and Cribs, Crumbs and Cribs. So, but no crumbs in the crypts. No, no, it'd be all itchy and scratchy. So, anyway, (laughs) Rodriguez, the idea, I don't really have a problem with this. Now, he is doing, um, was it Battle Angel? What is it? He's got another film. He's got another film he's working on right now. So. Something, yeah, that sounds familiar. It's, I think it's based think on it an is. anime and, and. Oh, right, right, right. I think anim- it is. I think it is Battle Angel. Battle Angel Alika? Sorry. Unfortunately, I'm not as much into anime as I should be, and people, very big fans of this show, have tried to fix that, (laughs) and with dubious degrees of success, I'm sorry. We're still working on it. We're still working on it. Really? promise. Anyway, so I'm I'm actually kind of okay with this. If if you're going to do that, if you're going to remake it, and I think there's, because it is social commentary in large part, even though it is kind of a, you know, poke you with a stick social commentary. I mean, this was very, it was very much about, you know, Carpenter's idea of Reagan's America. And to, um, yeah, Battle Angel Alita. Alita, thank you. Or Alita Battle Angel, just depends. So, you know, it it was very much a product of its time. And so you can, as long as you're willing to do that and it works, remaking a film that is about a place and time socially, if it works, you can, it, I think it's, it's a little, it's doable, but it's also really problematic. Yeah. Well, see, the thing is, the concern that I have when you, when you get into, when you get into thematic political commentary, mm-hmm. if it's done, if it's done right, it makes you think. Mm-hmm. And if it's done wrong, you alienate half your audience because pick a reason out of the air. And given the current political climate, a remake of Escape from New York could go sideways really quick. Well, I think the issue there really comes down to can can you do what Carpenter did, which is on the tin, on the box... On the poster art, at no point did it say 
This film is about anything other than a one-eyed crazy person running through New York trying to escape (laughs) from the place we call New York, which is, you know, I mean, it's, you could find the commentary there, but you didn't have to have it. You didn't, I mean, you, if you just, if all you saw was Kurt Russell having some very, very great lines in a minimalist script, honestly, Mm -hmm. I mean, in terms of dialogue, um, and Adrian Barbeau and you know uh, Donald Pleasance and all these great actors, and just had a great time. Richard Dean Stanton, uh, Richard Dean Stanton, yeah, uh, Oh yeah, fantastic cast. Then you were perfectly fine. If it if the commentary went past you, mm-hmm. and you know, great. And that's the trick. If yeah. you write a film that if you if you want the commentary, it's there. If you want the social commentary, it's there. But if you just want to enjoy yourself and watch a movie, mm-hmm. it works perfectly fine that way. And the best films that do make comments, yes, you can certainly have films where that is where the comment, you know, the 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 early buzz on on the new version of The Handmaid's Tale is really good. Oh, and right, the trailer that's Amazon. Looks, the trailer Amazon. looks fantastic. Yeah, I mean, and it is very much about something. I mean, it is there is no question that you. That you that film has a point of view. That story has a point of view. You know what you're getting with that. Right. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you have something where you're basically, this is, here's your rollicking science fiction action adventure thing, and it's political commentary, you've got to find the balance. Right. And I think the right the right director, I think he could do it. it it's going to depend on the script, obviously. Sure. And who they cast as Snake Plissken, <laughs> which is where it all could <laughs> fall apart. Well, it can fall apart at any point in oh, yeah. all of those things. Who would you who would you cast as Snake? Okay, so not Stephen Amell. No, no, not Stephen Amell. Although he could be kind of fun in it, but no. Um, well, everyone's talking Chris Pratt because that's what you do. Sure, because everyone he's flavor Chris, of the month. He is, uh, including Kurt Russell has been dropping some hints talking about how cool Chris Pratt is yeah. for doing uh, Guardians oh, too. Right. So I don't it, know. Maybe maybe Benedict Cumberbatch should play Snake <laughs> Plissken because he plays everything else. Although all the I would love to see a Plissken off. Basically, we need to get all these actors, and they need to give their impression <laughs> of Snake, and the audience decides. Give me about you know five. That sounds like something Bloomhouse would do. Oh, that would be so much fun. Well, wait, no, they did do something like that with Gem and the Holograms. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we saw how that worked out. Yeah, well, they yeah. The difference here is that I think you would have. Uh, you wouldn't do you wouldn't do it seriously in any way, shape, or form. Oh, this no. would be a complete no, this would no. be a complete joke. But it would be so much fun to watch. And I, there's a part of me that really wants them to just bring back Kurt Russell because Snake Plissken now. Yeah. And if you wanted to, if you want to play the social commentary game, which I think I think it you should because work. it's there. It still would work because you can follow along. Maybe kind of hand wave away, escape from L.A. because it didn't really matter. Because um, it didn't really matter. Well, if you're rebooting the franchise, if it's not a sequel mm-hmm. and it's a reboot, you can completely ignore Escape from L.A. Of course. If it's a sequel, and actually that would that would work toward bringing Kurt Russell back mm-hmm. in. If it's a sequel or a or a a, a seaboot or. A, a, <laughs> A requel, a requel, I think yeah, is what they call a yeah. reboot sequel, uh-huh. a requel, then you'd have to take into account L.A., maybe. But if it's a complete reboot, just we're starting all over again, then you don't have to worry about L.A. I, well, I think what they would do is, the, the, 
it looks like they want to do a reboot from scratch and yeah. reintroduce a new actor as Snake Plissken and turn it into a franchise series, of course. Sure, that's, of course. That's, like where the mon- that's where the money lies. But I would much rather have Kurt Russell come back. And if you want to play the political commentary through line, mm-hmm. all you have to do is go, okay, well, here's where we were in the 80s. Here's where we are now. What does that do to our story? Yeah. And that, there's there's a script starting point. Now, you'd still have the same problem of finding the right balance. But yeah. at least you'd be able to sit there and, you know, if you want to play that game, you can follow the political through line. Fine. But if you're going to do a reboot straight from scratch. Jeremy Renner. See, I actually would be okay with him playing the part. And for whatever reason, he seems to have always just run under the radar for people. Mm-hmm. I think he's a fine actor. And he's all, he does action films well. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, 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 Matt Damon. <laughs> no. <laughs> Casey no. Affleck. Oh, wow. That could be, that could be a bit of a blowback for a lot of people. Sure. Um, uh, you know, I don't know. It's I mean, Chris Chris Pratt is almost the obvious choice. And yeah, see, the thing about it is, though, one, one thing that irritates me about Hollywood is we, we've got to use the same t- five actors over and over and over. Well, and, over and that's again. not new. They've been doing that since the Golden Age. Right. Well, you know? yeah, but in the Golden Age, they were contracted with the studio, so oh, they sure. had to do a certain number of films. Sure, every but, year. but you know, there was a reason that Gable and Bogart and Stewart and and all these people, you know, those are the guys you went to and and. Right. Greta Garbo and, and Lauren Bacall and all these different amazing actresses. Um, yeah, but it was a completely different working environment. Oh, sure, but, but it's at the same time, the audiences don't pay attention to that. They just pay attention to who they see. Right. So the studios, I mean, it's, it's the, the reasons are different, but the studio's doing the same thing. Mark Hamill? Now, if you're going to cast someone that age, just bring back Kurt bring Russell. Bring back Kurt Russell, sure. Because I think it would be a grouchy old man, Snake Plissken. <laughs> Get off my porch, Snake Plissken. <laughs> Paul that, Rudd? Honestly, Paul Rudd could do it because he's proven he can do action with Ant-Man. And he's also got that sense of humor. And remembering, of course, that one of the reasons that the Kurt Russell uh, Carpenter collaboration works so well is that Carpenter knew that Kurt Russell was very funny. Yeah. And that Kurt Russell's career got started doing comedy. That's right. He worked in Disney. That's right. For a lot of Disney films. And they were all comedies. Mm. He's very funny. And and that's I think why people talk about Chris Pratt so much is because he's right. his background's in comedy. He's now into action. He kind of is following the Kurt Russell model. Shia LaBeouf? No, <laughs> no. I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can talk to you anymore. <laughs> well, that's good because we're out of time. Exactly. <laughs> All right. If you have uh, if you have your thoughts on Robert Rodriguez uh, directing Escape from New York, the reboot. Uh, if you've got ideas on casting, and uh, of course, if you want to help us with. Uh, free comic book day. Send us an email, h2o at sci-fi-for-me.com, or leave a comment on our social media, and that will do it for us this week. We will be back with another episode H2O in two weeks' time. I'm Jason Hunt, so on behalf of all of us here. And I'm Timothy Harvey. Thank you guys for listening. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi For Me Radio, copyright 2017, by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media. This is Sci-Fi For Me Radio.